Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. You know, there are a lot of interesting uh, names in the Bible. Uh, you go over that Old Testament. I'm reading through the Old Testament. Well, I'm reading through the Bible right now with a bunch of guys and uh, called the Big Dogs. You'll hear me talking about them. It's, it's a great group of guys. We're reading through the Bible together. And you get over there in that Old Testament and you start reading some of these names. And there's some, there's some interesting names. Second uh, Samuel 23, 24. There's somebody whose name, whose, whose name is Dodo. I mean, imagine you naming your kid Dodo. Hey, Dodo. You just, uh, First Samuel 4, 21. There's somebody named Ichabod. Uh, Genesis 22, 21. <laughs> there's a couple of guys. Uz and his brother Buzz. I told the A30 group, that sounds like somebody from Flora. I mean, yeah, you know, you know us and Buzz. They live out there on the other side of, you know, um, us and Buzz. Hosea 1.3, some of y'all know this. There's, a, there's a, a, a lady named Gomer. Now, Gomer. I mean, this Gomer, who, who are you thinking about right now? Gomer Pyle. Yeah, but that, that, ain't, that ain't who's in the Bible. But it's, crazy. it's bad enough as Gomer, but it's bad enough as, as a lady named Gomer in the Bible. Uh, Genesis 10 and Exodus 6, there's uh, two people named, named Mash and Mushy. Mushy. Mash and Mushy. Mushy. They're the cousins of Uz and Buzz. You know, Mash and Mushy. <laughs> and then there's one guy in Genesis chapter 10. He had seven kids, which, yeah, and then he named them, and I'm sure I'm not pronouncing these correctly, but he named them Ludim, Anamim, Lehabim, Naphtahim, Pathrushim, Kashlehim, and Kaphtarim. You imagine calling all of them to supper? I mean, just uh, a lot of interesting. And some of the names are appealing. They have, they have beautiful meanings. Like, uh, where are the Davids in the room? If your name's David, we got some Davids in the room. Anybody David? We got any Davids? Are we got, are we got David? Your name is Beloved. Now you, I mean, and I think of that when I see you, Dave. I, you know, I'd, uh, we got an Anna. Is there an Anna in the room? Is there an Anna in the room? I, Anna's name, uh, the na- name Anna means gracious, gracious. Uh, do we have an Isaac in the room? Isaac, uh, some of y'all know, what's the name Isaac mean? Laughter. The name Isaac means laughter. The name John means gift of God. Now y'all already knew that, right? I mean, y'all just... Of course. I mean, um, but then there's some names. <laughs> there's some names that are not so appealing, not so beautiful. Old Testament. There's some names. Lo Ruhama. That name. That's bad enough, right there. Lo Ruhama means no mercy. And then Lo Ami means not my people. And then there's <laughs> then there's two names in the Old Testament. One is Mishmana. Which means fatness. <laughs> I mean, what's up with that? I mean, and then there's a name, Akbor. And that name means rat. <laughs> so imagine if your mama named you Mishmana Akbor. Fat rat. I mean, that's just, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. So, <laughs> but anyway, there. <laughs> There's another name that's in the title of this message today, and the name is Andrew. Be an Andrew. And uh, the name Andrew means a strong man. It means a strong man. And uh, so we're going to talk about today this guy who is a strong man. 
I don't know if he's physically strong or not. That's not what I'm talking about. But he's got some strong traits, some strong characteristics that we need to emulate and imitate um, and demonstrate. How about that? In our lives, uh, we really do. This guy named Andrew. I, I didn't really talk about this last week. Um, but last week I started this sermon series in the Gospel of John. That's where we're going to be for the next several weeks, Lord willing, until we get to Easter. going to take us up through Easter. I'm going to stay in the Gospel of John and just uh, kind of get a picture of, of Jesus from the Gospel of John. Behold the Lamb of God is the name of the sermon series. And this sermon today is called Be and Andrew. So grab your Bibles. I hope you got your Bible with you and turn to John chapter 1. Uh, if you don't have it, you can, uh, if you've got the Bible app on your phone or you can look on with somebody, uh, that'd be really cool, and I really encourage you to bring your Bible to worship uh, if you can. That's so important because the reading of the Word of God is, is, is such a big part of worship. So let's stand and read John chapter 1, verses 40 through 42. These three verses, three verses. John 1, 40 says, One of the two who heard John, that's John the Baptist, by the way, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first found his own brother Simon, and he said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him, looked at Simon Peter, and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. May God bless the reading of his perfect word. Let me pray for us one more time. God, it never gets old for us to pray. It never, we can't, it's never like we can pray too many times. And so we pray in one more time. Asking for your spirit's leadership as we gather up around your word now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much. So, um, so let's talk about this dude named Andrew. So a uh, quick overview. Right now here in the early part of John, John chapter 1, we're in the early stages of Jesus' earthly ministry. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's just kind of getting started. He's calling his first disciples to come follow him. Uh, if you went to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you would see the actual events of Jesus calling these guys to come follow him. You don't necessarily see a lot of that in the Gospel of John just because John writes differently and for a different purpose. But that's what's going on here in Jesus' life. He's, uh, he's, he's getting things started, and he's calling these guys to come follow him. Man, he's drafting his team right now. He's getting them cranked up. He's, he's beginning to get them equipped. He's starting to, to teach them help them to understand some things about who he is. They, they, they still don't get it yet. I mean, they're still trying to figure him out. And, and then, but it goes on the, the, the longer, over the next three years that he's going to be his three-year ministry, they'll, they'll start understanding more and more about who he is and what's going on with him. So just now getting things started here, and he's calling these guys to come and follow him, but he's going to equip them, and he's going to get them ready because you know and I know, they didn't know at this point, but they were about to find out three years later, that after Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave and before he ascended back to the Father, he gathered those disciples up and said, Guys, look, I'm telling you, all authority has been given to me and now you, it is time for you to go. And as you are going, you are to make disciples of all nations and you're baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and you teach them everything that I've commanded you. And guys, remember, I'm going to be with you always to the very end of the age. So go and be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end ends of the earth. This is what I'm calling you to do. And then boom, he was gone. And because these guys did what he told them to do, because they were obedient to him, you and I are sitting here today because a couple of thousand years ago, those guys were obedient to what Jesus told them to do. 
And so we need to understand the importance of obedience, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I want you to think about these guys that Jesus was calling to be his disciples. They were ordinary men. Now, ladies, this is not, we're not excluding you at all. Please don't misunderstand because this is just as applicable for you and these characteristics are just as much a part of you as they are for us guys because these guys were ordinary men. Uh, Peter, James, and John, Andrew, they were fishermen, stinking, nasty, sweaty fishermen, that, that, that just ordinary guys that Jesus said, y'all come follow me. They were fishermen. They were sinners. These guys were sinners. So that's good news for all of us, isn't it? That he uses sinners to do his work. They were not the elites of society. You wouldn't take this list of disciples and go, oh, I see why he called him now. I mean, if I was going to have somebody on my team, I'd make sure I had him because of his influence and his connections and his sway with people or the size of his bank account or whatever. None of that. None of these guys were like that. In fact, some of them were outcasts. He called Matthew, Levi, called Matthew to come follow him. And Matthew was a tax collector. Called him right out of his tax collector booth and said, come follow me. Folks hated tax collectors. Man, it's coming up on April 15th, and I ain't real crazy about them myself, but I'm just telling you, in that day and age, they hated them because they were crooked. They were criminals. They just were bad people. And that's who Jesus said, hey, I want you, bad dude. I want you to come and follow me and be one of my disciples. And just think about that. And what does that say to us? Here's what one guy said, Martin Lloyd-Jones, who's a theologian from days gone by, and he said, I don't know how, what you feel, but I never cease to be grateful for these disciples. I'm grateful for the record of every mistake they ever made, for every blunder they ever committed, because I see myself in them. And so that's who he's calling. So what does that say to you and me about who Jesus wants to use? It says to us that he wants to use you and me. It says to us that you don't have to have impressive credentials to be used by the Lord. It says to us that we don't have to be great by the world's standards. It says to us that we don't have to have talents that wow people and looks that excite people and intellect that astounds people. We don't have to have that. He calls, he calls, his call to be saved and to follow him comes to every person of every race, every person, rich and poor, male and female, young and old, educated and uneducated, to the law-abiding citizen and to the criminal. His call comes to all of us. It comes to those of us. It comes to those who have a stellar reputation and those who have terribly tarnished their reputation, to those who are spoken of in high regard, and to those who are the topics of whispers and gossip sessions. His call comes to those who are popular and those who are not, those who are famous and those who will never be famous, to those who have been in church their entire lives and those who are in this place for the very first time. His call comes to us. And that's why we should all strive to be like Andrew. The one we're focused on today. That he called a strong follower of Jesus who is most well known for bringing people to Jesus. That's what Andrew was known for and that's the application of this message. 
the application of this message is that every Christ follower should strive to be like Andrew and bring people to Jesus. Every Christ follower should strive to be like Andrew and bring people to Jesus. So let's talk about it. There's four things I want you to see about Andrew as we walk through and take a look at him with these three verses right here. First thing is we must obey. We see Andrew's obedience. We just must obey. We've got to obey. You look at there, verse 40, and it says, One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew. So here's what's up there. Andrew heard John the Baptist speak. And you see what John the Baptist, back up to verse 36, and look at what John the Baptist said. And he, John the Baptist, looked at Jesus. Jesus was walking by, and he looked at Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God. And so Andrew heard John say that, and because he heard John's message that here's the Lamb of God, Andrew's response to that message was to follow Jesus in obedience. Here's the Lamb of God. You say, well, wait a minute, that wasn't, you know, ain't much of a sermon there. If you're talking about Jesus, you ain't got to preach a whole long sermon, even though I'm going to preach a long sermon. So, I mean, don't, don't, but just listen. He just said, behold the Lamb of God, and people, Andrew said, okay, I'm following him. And if you go to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you see that when Jesus called Andrew out of his fishing boat, Matthew and Mark both used the word immediately. Jesus said, come follow me. And Matthew and Mark both said, immediately, Andrew left his boat and went and followed Jesus. Obedience. We don't know a whole lot about Andrew. We don't have much else. There's a couple other places that I'll probably allude to later in the sermon, but we don't know a whole lot about Andrew. This is a, that, that's about all we've got from him. Other than he was one of the disciples. But here's what we do know about him. One of the main things we know about Andrew is this. He obeyed Jesus. So what else do you need to know? <laughs> what else do you need to know? He obeyed Jesus. And unlike what we think about obedience, obedience was costly. And it is costly. I mean, Jesus said, He said in, in Luke, He said, and in other places too, He said, if anyone wants to be my disciple, if you want to be one of my students, if you want to be one of my followers, if you want to be, you think you want to be, then there's, here's, here's what you've got to do. You have to deny yourself, you have to take up your cross daily, and you have to come follow me. And we hear that verse, and we know that verse, and we go, okay, I got that. I can do that. I can deny myself. I can take up my cross. You, you, sometimes you and I have no clue what we're saying. Because when Jesus said, you take up your cross, he said, you've got to be willing to die. What was, what was the cross? It was a symbol of death. It was an emblem of death. We've sanitized the cross. There's nothing wrong with us wearing it on a chain or something around our neck, stuff like that. But we have sanitized the cross. We say, take up your cross. Okay, I can do that. You are... We're saying that you're willing to die. We're saying that you're willing to sacrifice everything. You're willing to die. It's the same thing as saying, if you want to follow Jesus, take up your electric chair. If you want to follow Jesus, take up your gas chamber. If you want to follow Jesus, take up your lethal injection. If you want to follow Jesus, take up your gallows. Because that's what the cross was. It was a symbol of death. Is where people died. 
And so when Jesus said, if you want to come be my disciple, you deny yourself and you be willing to die every day of your life. How's your obedience, huh? Based on that. How's your obedience? How's my obedience? I, I told the 830 crowd, and I'll tell you too, this, this has, has worn me out. Because I have to look at myself and go, John, what does your obedience look like based on Andrew's obedience? Because let me tell you the rest of the story on Andrew. One thing that we do know from secular history is that in about A.D. 60, so here's the deal. So Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave, ascended back to the Father, gave the commission to his disciples. Well, Andrew was one of the disciples that went and did what Jesus told him to do. Go and make disciples of all nations. And in A.D. 60, because Andrew had been doing that, because he had denied himself, and because he had followed Christ, in A.D. 60, he was literally crucified on a cross as a martyr for Jesus but not on a cross like we know. He was crucified on an X-shaped cross because Andrew himself said, I am not worthy to die on the same cross that my Savior died on. So how's your obedience? Do we take our obedience that seriously? Probably not. Preaching to myself here. Maybe a few other people in here. Do we take our obedience that seriously? For, 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 for most of us, we obey when it is convenient. We obey when it is not too costly. We obey when it doesn't affect our lifestyles or our schedules or our, our plans or our bank accounts. We will obey as long as it doesn't mess us up too much. The great preacher from days gone by, a guy named Vance Havner, said this. It's kind of a long quote, so hang with me here. You might not want to hang with me, but listen to this. The cause of Christ has been hurt more by Sunday morning bench warmers who pretend to love Christ, who call Him Lord but do not obey His commands, than by all the publicans and sinners. Publicans were tax collectors. I told you they were hated. The cause of Christ has been hurt more by Sunday morning bench warmers who pretend to love Christ, who call Him Lord but don't obey His commands, than by all the tax collectors and sinners. They say they are evangelical but not evangelistic. They glory in being disciples of the lowest common denominator. They traffic in unfelt truth and refuse to get excited over religion. Their ideal service is a mild-mannered man standing before a group of mild-mannered people exhorting everybody to be more mild-mannered. How many nice, comfortable, lovely people rest uh, in church pews, their conscience drugged, their wills paralyzed, in self-satisfied stupor, utterly unconscious of their danger, while the Lord of the lampstands warns them, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Are we going to be an Andrew and are we going to obey Jesus? We must obey. Secondly, we must prioritize Andrew's priority. Look at the first part of verse 41 there. He first found his brother Simon. I like the way the NIV says it a little bit better. 
Because it just says, the first thing Andrew did, the first thing, I have the word first. If you got your Bible, you got a pen, circle the word first in your Bible right there. Because that was Andrew's priority. The first thing that he did after he met Jesus, the first thing that he did is he went and found his brother. He didn't say, the the first thing Andrew did was to pat himself on the back. The first thing Andrew did was to start second-guessing his decision to follow Christ. The first thing that Andrew did was to start making plans and strategies about how to make a name for himself now that he was a part of the in crowd. No, man, the first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother. His priority was to find one of the people he cared about the most than anyone else in the world to find him. He, went, he was motivate, motivated by his love and his concern for his brother. He was moved by the joy of being chosen to follow Jesus. His mission was to immediately go get, his, get to his brother as quickly as, his, as he could. He didn't want anything to happen to his brother before he could get to him. You sense the priority, you sense the urgency. The first thing he did... The first thing. And this must be our personal priority. And this has to be and will be the the priority of this church. This will be. The first thing that we need to do is to go find those who need to know about Jesus. Because when Jesus called Andrew and Peter and them out of his out of their fishing boats because they're sitting there with their nets in their hands and stuff like that. Jesus used that moment to say, hey guys, y'all drop those nets, quit fishing for fish, and come on and I will make you a fisher of men. Now let me tell you something. I don't know a whole lot about fishing. There's a bunch of y'all that know a whole lot more about fishing than I do. But I do know this, that a good fisherman knows where the fish are and he goes to them. This past week, Harvey took me fishing. We got in his boat. It's the first thing we did. We got his boat, went straight across the lake, went straight to where he knew the fish were, and he said, cast right out there. About three casts later, I pulled in my first fish. He knew where the fish were, and we went to the fish. We didn't stay by the dock and go, hey, fishy, 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 y'all come over here. We want to catch you. You and I know where the lost people are. And we have to go to them. It must be and it will be our priority. That's why we do this thing called take it to the town. Last, last year, several months ago, on a Wednesday night, it's wonderful. Listen, listen, listen. Man, I love being with y'all on Sunday morning. I love what we're doing right now. I love singing with y'all. I love the Holy Spirit moving in here like he, like he is this morning. I love doing that on Wednesday night. I love being with y'all. But I'm telling you, we don't stay in here and do the work in here. We get out there and go find the lost people. It's got to be our priority. And that's why we do this thing called Take It to the Town. So several months ago, about a hundred of us on a Wednesday night, we didn't have refresh. We, we just 
A hundred of us gathered up and we took off and we went right here on this side of First Street. All of these houses that are right here on this side of First Street went to the trailer park and to as many of these houses as we could. And we went door to door, knocking on doors and telling people about Jesus. And we saw seven people come to faith in Christ. So last year we stayed on this side of the tracks and went and told these people. And this Wednesday night, we're going to go on that side of the tracks and go over to the apartment complexes and tell as many people as we can about Jesus. Jesus Wednesday night and God's going to save some folks Wednesday night because lost people are on this side of the tracks and lost people are on that side of the tracks and we as a church are going to reach as many of them as we possibly can and we're not going to stop that's going to be our priority that's going to be our priority and some folks say man y'all don't need to go to the other side of the tracks now I'll stay on this side of the tracks show me that you show me that and I'll shut my mouth. But until you show me that, we're going to preach this gospel and we're going to do every person we possibly can. And God give us flora and we're going to take the gospel to them. Don't give me this. That's our priority. It was Andrew's priority. He obeyed and it was his priority to, to go to his brother as quickly as he could. So finding those who need to meet Jesus must be our priority. And if it's not our priority, we might as well shut the doors, stop calling ourselves a church, and start calling ourselves a social club. So we must obey and prioritize and we must tell. The second part of verse 41, Andrew had a very simple message for his brother. A very simple message. He just went and found Peter and said, we have found the Messiah. <laughs> we have found the Messiah. We have found the chosen one. That's what the word Messiah means. Christ. We have found Messiah. We have found the Christ. When I was a kid, like some of y'all, I used to think that Christ was Jesus' last name, right? I mean, Johnny Daniels, Jesus Christ, uh, you know, I mean, but it's not his last name. It's his title, he is the chosen one. Chosen for what? Chosen by God to die for our sins. Jesus himself said the Son of Man must suffer many things and be re rejected and be killed. Luke chapter 9 verse 22. Chosen by God to die for our sins. Chosen by God to rise victorious from the grave. Because the last part of verse 22 says in Luke 9 22. And on the third day be raised. Chosen by God to die, chosen by God to rise victorious, chosen by God to deliver us from our sins. Jesus said in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost, and chosen by God to give us and anybody else who will call on the name of Jesus the gift of eternal life. Because Jesus said, For God so loved the world. That's everybody. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, His one and only, one-of-a-kind, unique Son, that whosoever, whoever, anybody, anywhere, anytime, would believe in Him will not perish and die and go to hell, but will have eternal life. So Jesus has chosen to do that, and so that's our message. So in short, Jesus is the Messiah, chosen to be the one that we know and chosen to be the one whom we proclaim as the only Savior of the world. That's it. And that was Andrew's message. He obeyed 
He prioritized. I got to get to my brother. First thing he did, and as soon as he got there, he said, we have found the Messiah. So we, we, we got to tell. And then finally, we got to act. We must act. We must act. The last part of verse 42. Uh, first part of verse 42. Which very simply says, He brought him to Jesus. Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. Andrew didn't just find Peter and tell him about Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. He was very intentional in doing this. And who knows, God does, but who knows if this very simple act of obedience on Andrew's part of prioritizing, going to his brother and telling him that we have found the Messiah and then taking him and saying, see, here he is. Who is to say that that very simple act of obedience from this simple guy named Andrew didn't completely change the course of Peter's life, which I believe that it did, and caused Peter then to end up being one of the leading, if not the leading, disciple of the Lord Jesus, who was the first one after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came, Peter was the first one to stand up and proclaim repent and turn to Jesus and 5,000 people got saved. Maybe because his brother was simply obedient. So we got to bring them to Jesus. So here's a question for you, a question I had to ask myself and I know the answer for me and I know the answer for a bunch of y'all too. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not asking you to answer out loud. This is not audience participation time right now unless you want to. Have you brought anybody to Jesus this week? Have you, Christ follower, if you're not a Christ follower, I'm not talking to you. I want you to be saved today. Jesus wants you to be saved today. But if you belong to Jesus, I want to ask you, have you brought anybody to Jesus this week? Have you brought anybody to Jesus this week? Have you even tried? Did you even try between last Sunday and right now? Did you even try at any point this week to bring anybody to Jesus? You know what my answer is? Your pastor? No. I didn't try this past week. Didn't bring anybody to Jesus. I told y'all the first of the year that my goal was to be to try to witness to one person every week of the year. And I failed this past week. Didn't witness to anybody this past week. Didn't tell anybody about Jesus this past week. Didn't even try. Didn't try to bring anybody to Jesus. What about you? And you might say, well, then, you know, you ought to be fired. Well, i tell you what, if you're going to fire me because I didn't talk to anybody about Jesus, then I'll have to walk out. Then who's going to walk out with me? Because you didn't either. Did you bring anybody to Jesus this week? Christian? Christ follower? Did, we, did, you, did you bring anybody to church today? Did you bring anybody to church today? Did you even try to bring somebody to church today? Did you bring anybody with you today? Maybe a few of you can say, yeah, I did. But the majority of us... Say, no, no, I didn't. I just, I, just, I just got here to make sure I had my seat. Didn't want to miss my seat. Last week, and it wasn't this way this morning because of 
all the reasons we mentioned, but last week in the 830 service, we had 350 people piled into a sanctuary that seats about 240. So what if I go this week and I go find somebody and say, hey man, come on and go to church with me. I want you to go to church with me. What if you go find somebody and say, hey, I want you to go to church with me. Because our pastor's preaching about Jesus. I want you to hear about Jesus. And you bring that person, a lost person, come and you walk into this room, as it, as it is a lot of times, you walk in, you can't find a seat. We keep saying we bring them to church. We don't have room for them. And we're not, a lot of us aren't willing to give our seats up. We might need a new building. We may need to build, build a new building. We're talking about that. We're looking at that. We may need to build a building right here beside this where we can bring more people to Jesus. But I mean, are you, are you and I doing that? Are we acting like Andrew and bringing people to Jesus? Man, okay, I gotta, I gotta stop. So, I gotta do better. I gotta do better. I'm under conviction. I've been under conviction when I was working on this thing and been under conviction at 8.30 and 11 o'clock preaching this message today. Hope y'all understand that. You really stepped on my toes today, preacher. Well, I will tell you something about it. Yeah, I can you can trust that the Holy Spirit has been working on me with this one. So, who else in here needs to be an Andrew? So the invitation is for you to come to this altar. You want to come pray with me about it? That's fine. If you want to come get on your knees before the Lord here and pray about that. Because you know that you need to be an Andrew. You're not, we're just not obeying we're not prioritizing. We're not telling people the message. We're not bringing people to church. We're not bringing people to Jesus. And we know that we should. And it's such a joy when we do. So you want to come to this altar, come pray with me. You're welcome to do that. If you need Jesus, come to Christ today and be saved today. Please come to Jesus. Don't walk out this door today unsaved and unsure of your salvation. Come to Christ and be saved today. Others of you are ready to join the church. Talk with some folks this week that are ready to join the church. And maybe there's others that want to come and join the church family today to help us continue making much of Jesus. You come and do that. But we just got to be Andrews. We got to be an Andrew. So y'all join me in renewing that commitment to do that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. So Father, help us today, Lord, to do what you're calling us to do. Lord, I, God, help me, help me, God, to be a better Andrew get my priorities right and be ready, Lord, to bring people to you. Help us, Lord. Help us during this invitation. We trust you in Jesus' name I pray.